Rachel Held Evans uh, is an evangelical Christian blogger, and she has written a piece uh, about speaking about why millennials are leaving the Christian church. She says she goes around and speaks on this issue quite a bit. She says she's actually a generation actor, but she kind of relates to the millennials and shows she talks about this. She goes out, she talks to pastors. She says, the millennials are leaving our churches because, you know, we're not reaching out to them. They're looking for more than just being told that ethics is about what you do or don't do sexually. They're looking for an ethics that's more about justice, how we relate to the poor, how we relate to the earth, the universe, about being there, about peace. She says that uh, they are looking for congregations that are welcoming to their gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender friends. She goes on and on like this, and she says, and then she opens it up for questions, and invariably some pastor says, you mean we need to get a hipper worship band? <laughs> and she says, I then bang my head against the podium. <laughs> and you laughed, but I have been to groups of Unitarian Universalist ministers where the reaction is not all that different. <laughs> Rachel Held Evans says that, you know, putting the little latte bar in the back of the sanctuary and having the minister who plays the guitar and wears skinny jeans is not what's going to bring the millennials back to congregations. <laughs> she says, they need to find congregations where they can express doubt as well as faith, where ethics is about justice and peace and ecology as well as what you do with your sexuality. In places where their lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender friends can be welcome. But then she ends her blog by saying, these millennials are looking for churches where they can find Jesus. And as I was thinking about that, I thought, you know, we have so much of what the, our young people are looking for in a religious community. But so many of our own congregations my own, and I'm looking around, you too, are a lot grayer than perhaps we'd like them to be. <laughs> and I was thinking that, you know, we have so much about what millennials are looking for, but sometimes we don't allow them to bring in Jesus. We're universalists. And yet, often we are more comfortable with the Buddhist among us than the Christian among us. <laughs> Buddhists have that range as well. There are Buddhists who think of the Buddha as a godlike figure, and there are Buddhists who think of the Buddha as a great teacher. Christians also have that range. The early Unitarians and the Universalists were of that range where they thought of Christians as, as Jesus, as the great teacher. 
And there are, of course, Christians who think of Jesus as a godlike figure. And assuming that neither the Buddhists nor the Christians are expecting everybody else to be Buddhist or Christian, why can't we embrace them both? And yet we often don't. It was in the late 19th century that the Unitarians in the western part of this country began to say that religion should be about freedom, fellowship, and character. Freedom as to what we believe or do not believe, fellowship the community, and character, that ethics. And I think many young millennials are actually more attracted to Jesus' teachings than to the doctrines. Somebody to follow who had a sense of social morality that I think we definitely need today. The Uni Unitarians in 1931, the Unitarian Layman's League, <laughs> published a little booklet in 1931 called something about finding a faith to live by. I think that's the correct title. And in that, there was a little passage that says, you know, it's not so much about what you believe as what you do with it. And they went through. So some people who believe in God figure God can run everything. We don't need to do anything. And other people who believe in God say, I should work with God to improve the world. So some people who don't believe in God say, ah, the world's a mess. And other people who don't believe in God say, well, it's up to us then. <laughs> We've got to do something. And it went through this way, talking about beliefs in whether we continue after death or not, or whether we believe in various things or not believe in various things. And each time they set up this, you could believe this, but then do this or not do this. You could believe this or then do this and not do that until finally it gets to the end, which is the point. So your beliefs are important, but it is more important what you do with them. <laughs> A faith to live by. How, what we do with our faith is what's most important. I have a daughter. She will be 27 next month. She does not attend any church regularly. I said, you know, there, my son-in-law's in the army. I said, why don't you go to chapel? You can get to meet people, get some, some more social thing, social ability, that fellowship part. But she says, no, no, I've been to church and people, they live, they say one thing on Sunday and they do something else on Monday. 
one of those young people that got turned off by not seeing people live their faith. And I still have hope. Maybe one of these days I'll get her back. <laughs> but she is also one of those young people who would come into a Unitarian Universalist community saying, I'm a Christian. She was 12 years old when she came to live with me. She already considered herself a Christian then. And she still thinks of herself as a Christian. Would she be welcome? Can we include that diversity? I think part of the reason we don't is that too many of us rejected parts of it. But just because we rejected parts of it doesn't mean that other people can't reject other parts and keep other parts. Choosing a faith to live by, creating a faith to live by, we need to claim our universalism. I think in the 21st century, it's actually our universalism that is the most appealing part of who we are as Unitarian Universalists. A wide variety of people out in the culture are saying, yes, I like that part of Buddhism. Oh, yes, I like that part of Christianity. Oh, I like that part of neo-paganism. but they don't know there's any kind of religious community where they could bring all of that into one fellowship. We are that if we are open <laughs> to being that. Sometimes I think we close people off that we didn't intend to. Am I forgetting what I closed with as my sermon? I really do depend on that manuscript. <laughs> Which perhaps is another reason that I should have this opportunity more often. <laughs> Back home at my congregation in Bowie. The children this morning's lesson is the Ostera rabbit. <laughs> the spring equinox is here, and so it is the pagan holiday of Ostera, where that rabbit that follows the goddess that brings spring lays the eggs. <laughs> that are colored, <laughs> which obviously has been brought into a different holiday as well. <laughs> but it is interesting as we learn from others, what are the parts of their faith that they have claimed that we find that we might find things out about our own faith that we didn't know before. As we sit at a Buddhist meditation group, maybe what comes to your mind is the 23rd Psalm. <laughs> but that's okay. We are eclectic Unitarian Universalists.
there was an old, old joke that Unitarians believed in one God at most. <laughs> but now that we have encompassed the neo-pagans, that's not true. <laughs> we are or can be an inclusive community where people can choose their own path or create their very own unique path. And that should be a place where we can all learn from one another. I will end with that invocation I was going to use from May Sarton and didn't have. She talks about her own home, but I'd like you to think of this as our Unitarian Universalist home. Sarton says, lovers and friends, I come to you starved for all you have to give, nourished by the food of solitude, a good instrument for all you have to tell me, for all I have to tell you. We talk of first things and last things, listen to music together, no one comes to this house who is not changed. I meet no one here who does not change me. May that be true for our Unitarian Universalist congregations. <laughs>